0: Doses, self-help from Under the hip, small doses. doses, talking that shit, small doses. doses, and keeping it real, small doses, me and Steel. It's so funky, <laughs> small doses, so today, we're talking about Type A Personalities. Now, I am absolutely a type A personality. Uh, They say that type A personalities are people who are very focused, very driven, very condescending, uh, very organized and very meticulous. They're very detail oriented and they are hard working. And sometimes they can be very short and blunt because their brains are working at a very fast pace. And I am all of these things. And I feel like there's a lot of people who are out there who are all of those things too and who have actually had to face how those things can be positive and negative in their daily lives. And I definitely understand that. And so I want to talk about that. I also want to talk about the fact that we have the amazing John Early on the show. If you have seen the show Search Party, then you know who I'm talking about because Elliot is everything. Okay. So John Early is stopping by and he's gonna talk about him being a type A personality. And of course, he's gonna talk about why I like him on people I like. So let's get into it. Let's get these gems a drop in. Jam dropping, jam dropping, jam dropping. We're dropping on these hoes. <sighs> so this week's gem drop in is all about perfectionists versus overachievers. Mm. Again. Close in relation, however, there's differentiation. (laughs) So first off, perfectionists. Perfectionists are people who consider perfection to be the only goal for success. They're people who consider all of the options to mean nothing if it didn't come out absolutely flawless. And they feel like if they haven't done it flawlessly, then it's always a reflection of themselves. When we talk about overachievers, overachievers are people who are always considering doing more than just the base of what's presented to them. They consider themselves to be able to achieve higher than the average and they considerably push themselves to do so. Now, there are there are overachievers that can be perfectionists. However, there are times when being a perfectionist can get in the way of being an overachiever. So here's the doozy. All my perfectionists out there I feel your pain okay because I feel the idea of wanting things to be just so and especially if you're an artist like you have this vision in your mind of just like this is how it looks and if it looks this way and it lands this way then it'll be great and the problem though is that when we start applying that to our lives we run into a lot of issues because you can't control every element of a situation And so once the elements are out of your control, that means you can no longer control if it's perfect. And so if you're in a scenario where the elements are beyond your control, but yet in order for it to be considered a success, it has to be perfect, that's a lose-lose addition, okay? That's a two plus two equals elephant kind of scenario. And we can't have that, folks. We can't have that because you will work yourself into a tizzy. You will work yourself into a frustration level that sometimes can work you into simply just doing nothing because of the fear failure. I feel like a lot of people who are perfectionists end up just trying to not put themselves in a situation where they'll be disappointed. And so they'll sometimes just put themselves in a point of stasis. And we can't have that because everyone's got to continue moving forward. Because if you don't move, you die. That's basically how it works. Now, overachievers are oftentimes perfectionists because that's kind of like what drives them to overachieve. But we also have to work on that, too. Overachievers are folks who are saying to themselves, like, you know what? It's it's not enough. I can do more. I can do more. You could drive yourself crazy saying that, too. But I will say that I feel like I like working with overachievers more than I don't. Because what it does is it makes you say, I can always reach deeper into my bag. So when I work with writers, I really feel like I have a gift of getting folks to get the best parts out of them and to basically, like, overachieve from where they thought they had hit the ceiling. I call it the genius box. And basically, I've talked about it before, I believe, on the show, and I'm going to talk about it again, where we step into the genius box. And what that is is basically like deciding that you are going to elevate beyond where you thought the ceiling was into a level of genius. And that can happen in, like, any field. I know I'm talking about writers, but if we have people out there right now who find themselves in a place where they're like stuck, but they're like, I know there's more that I can do. And you are an overachiever. And so you feel really frustrated about the fact that you can't figure out the next place to go. Challenge yourself to just like step into the genius box. I know that may sound stupid because you're just like, what box, bitch? Where is the box? The box is a proverbial box. All it is is just perform, all it is is just telling yourself that there's another dimension that you can go to. And once you go to that space, You feel better about the fact that you've given all of yourself to the project. And if it doesn't win, at least you know that you left nothing on the table. And that's what overachievers do. They don't leave nothing on the table. They give it everything and they say, wait, is there more? We're the ones who are in your class asking for extra credit. And you're looking at us like, God damn it. Because now if there's extra credit, you feel like shit. I didn't do everything I had to do to get this grade. That was me. I was the one raising my hand like, is there anything else that we can do with this assignment that you haven't told us? Is there any more work? Can we have some more work? That was me. I know you hated me in your class. I'm sorry. I'm sorry because I'm still that person. I'm like, are we doing enough work today? I'm the overachiever who wakes up every morning and people will ask me like, Amanda, like how do you stay confident? Like how do you stay motivated? How do you stay focused? And I'm like, because I feel like every morning I wake up and I'm just like, there's more to do. There's more to do. I get over I get over the trees and I look over like there's more trees over there. I want to see what's on the other side of them trees. And then I see some more trees and I'm like, what's over on them trees? Now the task for the overachiever is to stop and smell the trees. See, this is the thing. Sometimes we're so involved in overachieving and in looking on what the next thing is that we can do that we don't necessarily give ourselves enough credit or enough enjoyment in the accomplishment that we've just made. And but perfectionists, sometimes that never takes place in general or ever because it's hard to do anything perfect. So how can you ever get an opportunity to celebrate? You know, the thing about being a perfectionist is forcing yourself to know that true perfection is simply in just doing your best. That is the best that you can do to achieve perfection. Give it your all. And there's people who I feel like, May have been in different activities in life that demand perfection and it trains us to be a certain way. Y'all, I was a gymnast, okay? Where do you think the perfect 10 came from? It came from us. Shout out to Nadia Komenich. But in gymnastics, it's like you doing shit over and over and over and over again with the goal of I'm gonna do it, I'm gonna do it perfect this time. I'm gonna do it perfect this time. But what a real good coach teaches you is that everyone's version of perfect is different. You know, and that for me, like, perfect would be just having my leg straight on a back handspring for once on this damn balance beam, please. You know, for me, perfect on vault would simply just be doing a vault that wasn't the lowest level vault possible. Y'all, I was so trash at vault. It was embarrassing. But that was like what real perfection ended up being taught to me as my coaches were teaching it. And that's what allowed me to be an overachiever and not get caught up in the limitations of thinking that if something isn't absolutely 100% exactly how you thought it was going to go, that it's a fail. Life is imperfect. You are imperfect. Overachieving is just saying, you know what? These cards you gave me are great, but not only am I going to figure out how to win this game, I'm also gonna build a house with them as well. DMT. We're serving it. All right, it's time for my favorite segment of the show, DMT, where we go into my DMs on Instagram and answer questions that people have sent in regards to the different themes right here on Small Doses Potent Truths for Everyday Use. So, our first question is Do type A personalities sleep? Where in the hell do they have the time to be detailed about everything? I don't understand. <laughs> so it's funny that you say that because I feel like there actually are a lot of people who who give too much credibility to like the not sleeping of things. Like I've always hated Nas's line, sleep is the cousin of, d- I never sleep because sleep is the cousin of death. Because I'm like, actually no, sleep is the sister to sanity. Like if you're not sleeping, you absolutely are not going to be as effective as you are, as you can be of an overachiever, you need to reset. Your brain needs a, t- a chance to get it together. Now this person is like really upset because she's like how do they have the time to be detailed about everything? Type A personalities are detailed about time. That's how they have the time. We are very detail oriented about time management. That's how we get so bent out of shape when people are flaky cuz we're just like, "Oh my god, like why are you being disrespectful of my time?" Like that for me, time is such a huge major cons- con for me, time is such a huge major part of like my life and how I function. And it's a cornerstone for anybody who's dealing with me in terms of professional, personal or even romantic relationships. Like when men don't have respect my time, when they show that immediately, when they have this like very laissez faire cavalier attitude about like how they use my time or how they set up things with me. It just says to me like this isn't going to work because if anything, my time is only going to get less flexible with the work I'm doing and I need to be around people who respect that and understand that when I take time to like talk to them or hang out or do stuff like it's not that they need to like it's not like I need to hold that over their heads but we all have to respect especially as adults that like there's only so many hours in the day and when you share those hours with people that matters It just means something. It's not something that I do just like recklessly. And I don't be giving people my time that don't deserve my time. So that's why overachievers have so much time to be detailed is because we are detailed about our time. Next question. This question is, I suffer from anxiety to the point where it disables me from getting stuff done. What is the best way to get my anxiety in check so that I may succeed? So I feel like sometimes anxiety is related to overachieving, but also a fear of achieving. And it's almost like in the desire to want to do your best, it's like you psych yourself out to just not doing anything so that you can't, like, disappoint yourself. For me, I think the best ways to get anxiety in check is, one, breathe. Literally just breathing. Taking the time to breathe. There's no reason... like. There's a reason why meditation is respected the world over. It's this like bottom line way of getting your brain to get into a calm place to see the best way of dealing with things. And when you have anxiety, it's the opposite. Your brain is like, and you're just thinking about everything. You're thinking about doing things and you're thinking about not doing things and you're just like in a frozen rigid state. Sometimes I'll have anxiety so bad it just makes me sleep. I just got to shut it down and go to sleep and start again. And that can be like, Sometimes debilitating, but then sometimes you got to like figure out like, how can I like work around this? And that's when you got to use your brain against your brain, or I guess not say against, but use your brain with your brain. And the reason I say that is because so many of the things that cause this anxiety are really just based on perspective. And like changing your perspective can like change your anxiety on things. So if you're looking at something and you're like, oh, I'm having anxiety about doing it because I don't want to fail. and I don't want to not do it right. And it's going to make me do it. So I'm just not going to do it at all. You got to change your perspective and say, I have to do this because no matter if I fail or no matter if I don't do it right, I'm going to learn how to do it better the next time. And that just gives me something else to do rather than sitting here grinding my teeth. And we want to be in our purpose. That's our best way to thrive. So hopefully you can apply those two things and maybe that'll help you get through in the anxiety space. And if none of those things work, you can always go for a run or masturbate. As I always say, the world's a better place if we all woke up with a nut. Next. How do you handle people that disregard your need for things to be certain ways, even after explaining your anxiety on the issue? Oh, this is a real easy answer. I let him go. I let them go. Because listen, at the end of the day, like you can only tell people so many times like how you are. And if it's in a reasonable way and you're asking for reasonable things, there's no reason why people can't give you that. It's just the facts, especially if they're in your life in a considerable way. Like with strangers, you kind of just got to take it or leave it. But- when it's people that are in your life on a re- regular basis, whether it's family members or friends or uh, p- professional relationships or romantic relationships, like, we all have idiosyncrasies, y'all. All of us. I mean, I've dated dudes that have all types of weird shit. You know, I dated a dude who was an actor that didn't want to take pictures. What are we talking about? Then I dated a dude who, like, never wanted you to touch his balls. How am I going to give you head? How are we going to do this pos- properly? Then I dated a dude who, in hotel rooms, he never wanted to touch the floor. So he would line the whole hotel room with towels to prevent himself from touching the floor. Spoiler alert, it's a rapper. I'm not going to tell you! (laughs) But you know his music well. Um, But, like... You just have to decide, like, okay, is, is you know, when you're on the other side of that, you're like, can I handle this or not? When you're on the flip side and you're the person with the anxiety and you're the person with the specificities, you got to be respectful, too, of, like, am I am I being reasonable? Am I asking for too much? And am, am I in this situation asking for too much? If this is your home girl, and you're basically just being a bridezilla about, like, every element of your life— That's not fair. Like, everybody is in their own movie. You can't be the one who's like, No, I want all the green Skittles when you're sharing the bag of Skittles. Like, even if that's your anxiety thing, like, that may be an OCD thing, but in a civil societal space, it's just not going to work for you. So, I think that what you have to do is first assess yourself and what you're asking for and the reasonableness of it and the manner in which you're asking for it. And if you get through that assessment, you're like, no, I'm good. I'm I'm really, I'm not being unreasonable. And then you assess how that person is behaving and how they're receiving it. And if you feel like they're the ones being unreasonable, you got to let that go. You cannot beg people. All you can do is let people know this is how I want to be treated and give them the empowering choice to say yay or no. Nah. Next question. How do you balance an anxiety-ridden, low-key hostile and controlling slash perfectionist personality within a relationship? (laughs) How do you reconcile that behavior pattern to compromise and adjust to another person? Tips, tricks, and how-tos are welcome. Well, that's a doozy because I feel like sometimes that can also be a sign of like personality disorder, you know, and there can be some narcissism going on in there The reality is that like we all have to be aware of ourselves. If you're a type A personality, like you have to know your shortcomings and you have to know like these are things that I'm really good at and these are things that I'm working on. And you have to understand that there are going to be like people who don't necessarily want to have to deal with that. And you're going to have to understand that there's things that you're going to have to adjust to create some ease in your daily life. Now for you being on the other side of that, You're going to have to make the choice on if you want to take that journey with someone in trying to be patient with their adjusting because it's not something that's going to happen overnight. Like and it's going to be something that has to actually like have real task-oriented things attached to it. They got to go therapy, girl. They got to be like sitting with somebody like, okay, this is what you're going to do when this happens. This is what you're going to do when this happens. This is how you're going to think about this. It's a real thing. It's work. That's the talk about when they say you got to work on yourself. That's what they mean. You got to actually like do the work. Now, this person you're talking about sounds like not only are they a type A, but they're also an asshole. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a doozy. Um, Just because you're a type A doesn't mean you're an asshole. All the time. But there are certain significant traits about type A that within our society, especially as Americans, are considered assholey. Like when you're very meticulous, when you're demanding about things being the way that they said they were going to be. You know, when you are very uh, detail oriented, people call you difficult. These are things that people love to say about type A personalities and they like to make it like a negative thing. But when it's a physician who's working on your heart, you want them to be detail oriented. You want them to be difficult in giving up. You want them to be absolutely like on point about every single little element of things. And you want them to demand that they're going to go the distance. So you want that in certain spaces. I get it. Maybe you don't want that in the bedroom. Maybe you don't want that at the beach. And that's understandable too. But if you're with somebody who's like that, you have to find out if they want to change that. If they feel like there's a need to adjust that to make you both have a better union. If they don't want to do that, there's nothing you can do, sis. And that's them facts. Next question. Do you think being type A stems from something deeper than just an inherent behavior and can be rooted back to something else in a person's life? Well, let's think about that. You know, I mean, I think that there could be situations that push somebody to be like, well, that ain't going to happen again. I'm now going to be super detail oriented and over achieving and all of these things because I don't want to be on the losing side. I can see that. Also, I think sometimes it has to be with like who you're raised by. Sometimes it's just genes, y'all. Like My father is the type A in my mother and father's union. I wasn't raised by my father by any means. But there's certain times where I do shit and I'm like, damn, he got me again. Like when I eat a bag of Doritos and then I fold the empty bag before I throw it away, I'm just like, god damn it, he's still in there. You know, every time I sit down to watch Star Trek, cuz I feel like sci-fi is the tra- sci-fi is the genre of choice for type A personalities. Uh, we really just love a good fantasy, and I think the reason why is because like those worlds require so much meticulousness and detail in understanding these fantasy worlds that are not our human world in real life. So we revel in exploring the different intricacies of like the Tolkien world or of George R. R. Martin's world of Game of Thrones or Star Wars, etc. We revel; we find freedom in the specificness of all of these worlds and the way things interact in them and becoming experts at it because it almost like is the playground for our type A personalities. But I digress. Is it inherent? I think it's just a matter of some cases or not. I'm not a professional, so I haven't done the research on it, so I'm not really sure. But I absolutely believe that there's definitely like circumstances that can happen in your life that can make you become more of the person that maybe already was in there than you would have had something else happened. Like, I feel like had I been raised with my father in my house, I would be an overachiever in perhaps a very um, different way because he was not somebody that was necessarily pushing the success of his kids being overachievers. I think he was afraid of it. So he would actually not be supportive of that. And I think he would have stripped that from me and had me misusing my overachieving abilities and basically just being, I wouldn't say lazy, but I probably, I just probably wouldn't have had it utilized in a functional way that's serving, the way it's serving me today because he would have suppressed that. I guess I should probably go talk about this in therapy. (laughs) Oh, father issues. That's what happens after you turn 35. You no longer have daddy issues. You have father issues. Yeah, that's that's what growing up is, y'all. One more question. And probably like my favorite one of all of them today. Why are we so, so misunderstood? Especially type A women of color. Instead of being seen as fragile, we're often seen as frigid, cold, controlling, emasculating. The list could go on. But type A white women, well, they get to lean in and be celebrated for it. I literally just had this thought the other day. I'm not even shitting you. And I said to myself, I was like, you know what? Sometimes I will be like, damn, like, how are you going to like get the love you want when you're this kind of person? When you're like neurotic about certain things and you're very like specific and you want things done a certain way and i'm like there are white women living like that right now that are living their best lives they're being perfectly accepted and loved for and those things are considered not flaws but the way that they are and it's fine and i don't know if it's a black community thing But she's, this individual is a sister and I completely agree with her. It's like within the black community, it just seems like when we have those types of traits, it gets looked at as like we are the problem. And you see it in like characters and movies. The the character that comes to mind is Vanessa Williams' character in Soul Food. Because like she's like the most successful of everyone in the family and she's like very like clear and cut and definitive about like what she wants what she's doing what her purpose is etc and everyone looks at her like she's just cold and she's just not fun and you know anytime that she does let loose it's like oh look at auntie she let loose today and it's like i'm not a one singular sided person i mean i save the best for last see what i did there um, it's a Vanessa Williams' restaurants for everyone that wasn't born in the eighties. You went and saved the best for last, and then there was snow falling in the video. It was a moment. Um, fun fact: the artist Lion Babe is Vanessa Williams' daughter. Did you know that? Hmm, pretty cool stuff. Anywho, I just wish, to your point, that like we weren't seen as that way I think the reason why we're viewed that way is because honestly like there's this notion of like black women particularly being like mammies and being these warm nurturing beings and even if we within our community didn't create that stereotype like it absolutely is pervasive outside of just like the space where it was created that's the problem with stereotypes they end up invading all spaces even the spaces of those that the stereotype is about and then it gets accepted within that space and there's like we see these images always of like you know the warm grandma and you know the the black woman being like big mama and this idea that it's like you have to be the nurturer at all times and there's just different ways to nurture and different styles and I think that when we exist outside of that like very well displayed example then it's like you're no longer considered a part of doing that work I know for me it's like I have a I have a deep voice I really don't have any time for nonsense and sometimes I get misconstrued because of my sarcasm and it's it's like oh like she's cold or you know she's an asshole and it's like I'm actually like a super kind, warm person, especially in like specific context. I've got all the patience in the world for animals, for children, for those who are, you know, disabled in any type of way, for the sick. You know, the, the reality is, is that I have absolutely zero patience for stupidity and willful ignorance. And it seems like that's a lot of times who we're coming in contact with on a regular basis. But since, you know, I want to send out to you some love and I'm in your struggle. Trust me, I'm in your struggle. You know, uh, I have to change my voice when I call customer service if I want to really get the help that I want. I can't hit them with the, hi, I really would like to get my phone activated. I have to go, hello, hi. So I was calling to get my phone activated. And, like, that doesn't even sound like me. It sounds like I'm wearing a bonnet as I'm making the call. Uh, And not like a Tammy Roman bonnet, but like a Little House on the Prairie bonnet. But the reality is, is that, you know, at the end of the day, all we can be is ourselves. There's a reason why my Instagram profile says I'm not for everyone. And it's because I'm not. And we are in a world where there's all different types of people. The media controls a lot of what is presented, but you can only control what you present. And unfortunately, we just haven't reached a point where everybody is accepted for who they are. But you can accept you for who you are. And... The truer you are to yourself, I feel like the laws of attraction bring people to you that respect you and love you for that truth. People I like. Yeah. So today on People I Like, I'm just, (laughs) you know what? Let me just say this.
1: I'm so scared.
0: I already know. Like, if we went to high school together, yeah. do you understand the productions that oh, would have went yeah. on? I mean, I just feel like it would have been incredibly mind-blowing. Like, VHS tapes of us absolutely. just... absolutely.
1: And, like, we would have taken advantage of, like, biology projects. Like, we would have made funny yes projects required projects required turned it out
0: yeah we would absolutely turned it out i'm talking to the indubitable the incredible the hilarious mr john early hello thank
1: you for having me here amanda
0: (laughs) um you're like having a kind of like a you're having like a moment
1: (sighs) is that true i think so okay cool
0: yeah, you toads having the moments. <laughs>
1: when you're within the moment, it's sometimes it's, it's like it's I just I'm, I'm just
0: tired. Yeah, Is I'm that like, what that means? Or I'm
1: just like home alone still. <laughs> just like jerking off <laughs>
0: i laughed way too hard at that because it was very honest ring and yeah. rang true yeah. yeah i literally will say to myself like literally as i was coming up here today i was like okay so you're going to record this podcast and then everyone will leave and you'll have time to be in your
1: solitary sadness yeah <laughs> yep Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm gonna watch Silkwood tonight.
0: I'm have you ever watch, seen that? I've n- I have seen Silkwood. Yes, I've never Meryl. seen it with
1: Marilyn Cher. Yes. Apparently it's like her, Cher's greatest performance. I've never seen it. I'm so excited. I saw it in Sorry, a it um
0: in a film class yeah. in college. Columbia. I'm gonna watch mu- in Ooh, look at you, knowing because my like, life. Oh
1: <laughs> the degree is it. on the wall. It's on the wall. <laughs> but by the way, in a very classy way, and this is not like we're not like in your bedroom. It's not like over your bed. <laughs> it's like in your room full of like Gorgeous accomplishments and history and things. Yes. Yeah.
0: It's like all the, this is just this for the room listeners. is basically as if you're walking into my brain. Yes. This is what it looks like. Well, it's just the lighting freedom. is
1: gorgeous, so congrats.
0: <laughs> I like to think that my brain operates under an amber tone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's where we are. And yeah. then just like a giant grenade of flag. <laughs> I love it. Over our heads. I love it. I, um, no, I, I want to
1: watch Mudbound. I still haven't seen that either.
0: I haven't either. either? But when Mary J. Blige. <gasps> is get- she's
1: nominated? Yes, yeah, but
0: not just for singing. For I acting. know for
1: acting, it's so cool.
0: And I'm just like Yonkers. I'm so proud of Mary J. I <laughs> Who isn't?
1: I mean, but you know, it is so crazy to, to like see her at these award shows. I was watching some clip from like I don't know the SAG Awards or something, and she—I'm pretty sure she was there—and I was like, "What a long career! Listen. I mean, like, so many years of like stylists, hair, <laughs> makeup, like, get going to these events. Like, does she just like?" I was just wonder what she feels about that.
0: Well, when when like you worked with Elton John back in the day. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like when yeah. that was like yesteryear. And then you had like all these other things happen. And then she just got out of this marriage. And it's I like, didn't know that. Yeah, she just got out of this marriage. This, this lame ass dude. And then like gets out of this marriage to arrive at a nomination. Yeah. Thank God. And I hate to say this. But... I think a lot of people will agree that Mary's best when she's in a struggle. She's yeah, just. <laughs>
1: I know, I know. She would agree. She I would think. agree. Like yeah. Mary
0: in Black Shades and Black Lipstick yeah. is like Oscar Award worthy, yes. and yes. it's not. I don't think it's coincidence.
1: I know, I know. It's 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 part. It's just her whole oeuvre is like.
0: You better say oeuvre. <laughs>
1: oeuvre. <laughs>
0: Ouvre also sounds like the name of like an alternative to tampons. Like yeah, yeah. you know, like <laughs>
1: Yeah. By the way, I don't know what Ouvre means.
0: Ouvre means It's like your
1: body of work. It's your body of work, okay, yep. yeah. yeah. Okay.
0: But here's the thing, I always thought it was Ouvro.
1: Oh yeah, no, it's Ouvre. Ouvre. Yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah. Ouvre. Yeah. yeah. Okay.
1: I'm here for it. Well, Mary Jane, but Mudbound, are you gonna watch that tonight?
0: I'm gonna watch Mudbound. Yeah. And I am gonna watch Mudbound because I'm all caught up. On Search Party, <laughs> that was a hell of a segue. I, know, I really good. was proud of myself. So, for those who don't know, because I feel like not enough people know about Search Party. Do you feel like it's getting the the love that it should at this point? I do actually. Okay, be, but
1: like I still don't. It, there, it, it does kind of maintain like a boutiqueness, <laughs> um, yes. but it is like it it does get like a lot of critical love, which is really nice. Like people do write about it a lot.
0: You're a fucking beast <laughs> Thank you. on this show. Let me Thank tell you. you all. I mean, listen, of course, John Lee is a beast as a comic. Bless you. You know, as a character performer. Bless you. You and Kate Berland.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, I also have had the indescribable joy and pleasure of watching you sing all the words to tweets.
1: <laughs> Oops. Oops, oh my. Yes. Yeah.
0: Oops. <laughs> and I was like, I was literally backstage at your show like, that's not the record that's someone singing. Oh my God. And then I peeked my head around and you were right there. Like there goes my shirt all over my head. I was like, is this happening? And then I loved you
1: even more. I'm so happy. Yeah. That song. I mean, that album was extremely important to me. Southern hummingbird. Like, 2001.
0: That's a sentence I've literally never
1: heard. Well, it's such an underrated album, which is what's part of the beauty of that Solange album, the recent one. You know that she sang Tweet, sang backup on like eight of the songs.
0: So much has just been explained. Isn't that
1: beautiful? Solange was just like, Tweet, and then, and then like well, once, Tweet's voice is bananas It's so beautiful And it's so underrated And like And then she launched it All this press that was like Southern Hummingbird Was like one of my favorite Albums growing up And like we You know Tweet's such a genius And so underrated She's She's good
0: I'm hearing she's it right person. now Falling your way mm-hmm. Yes I can she, hear the one
1: Not to be mad about <laughs> That's Tweet That's Tweet <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah 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 Yeah
1: I also miss that era too Of like when singers just have other singers, mm-hmm. just come and just, like, do some lovely little... Do some colors little, ah. on this. It's so cool. It's, like, so inclusive. It's, like, rather than just, like, layering your own voice a bunch of times. Which is its own thing. Yeah. Which, in, which Which I feel, cool. like,
0: ended up coming out of just a simple, like, the simplicity of just, like, I don't want to call nobody.
1: Of course. <laughs> and sometimes, like, you do want to hear, like, 18 Nelly Furtado's Harmonizing
0: <laughs> You're saying <laughs> just names and just like, it,
1: I have such a narrow window oh Of music my God. Like, I have, It's like all 2001 Nelly, and then I just stopped liking. I'm
0: like a bird And I find it funny that like you loved Southern Hummingbird and I'm like a bird
1: mm-hmm. So there's
0: like a theme, a bird theme. here yeah. yeah well Faith Evans Sings oh, like my favorite My favorite backgrounds on a song She sings on
1: Love is Blind <laughs>
0: That actually is a great record. I yes. love that song. But she sings the backgrounds on Mary J. Blige, Never Gonna Live Without You on her My Life album. I don't know that she song. Sings all, she sings so many backgrounds on that album. And is this pre-fame? Yeah, kind of the same time. Like She's with Biggie at the yeah, time, but okay. she's like not like the star. Yeah. But she in the background, she's like, Baby, won't you stay with me a little while?
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> and when I finally met her, I was like, I, I love all your records. Yeah soon as I get home, keep the faith, all of that. Yes. However, your ad libs and your backgrounds on Mary J. Blige never yeah. want to live without you. She was like, oh, my God, girl. <laughs> but I love that she didn't feel like that was a diss. Yes, she felt like course. it was like That's you appreciate my uber. Yeah, yeah. Of work. Yeah. But search party is something that I literally like. It's ironic that it's called search party because I just stumbled upon it on a flight. Really? Yes. That's how I found it. I literally was just on a flight, and it was like I'd seen everything. Yeah. And I was like, I refused to watch Walking Dead.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I've never seen it. Either have I. And I was like, I'm not starting it on a plane. I'm not
0: going to do it. And then I just was like, I had heard about Search Party because I had a general at TBS, and they Uh were all raving about it. So I was like, well, let me give it a gander. Yeah, And I was... So hooked, yeah, that I literally got off the plane and like downloaded the TBS oh app so I could watch yes. it. It was very serious.
1: Did you start on season two? No, oh, they were, had season one on the plane. I,
0: yeah, season one was on the plane. Wow, and um, for those who don't know, John Early is on Search Party. What is your character's name again? Right? Elliot, of course, and he plays Elliot, Pauline. who I don't even. I don't even know like I was actually trying to figure out a theme a side effects theme for this episode that would be attached to Elliot and I was like I don't even know he's so all over the place
1: yeah, I, know, I know.
0: <laughs> that I didn't even know what would be a practical theme so in playing Elliot I would say that one of my favorite aspects is the costumes
1: yes yes Matthew Simonelli is the costume designer, and like when we first like before we shot season one, I had like a call with him, and he was like, "What are you thinking?" Like, I mean, he he did all the work, mm-hmm. but like our initial conversation, I was like, "I feel like I
0: love that he called you and talked to you about it's it." So he's so I love full. when costume designers like yeah. really converse with the actors and understand that it's a symbiotic relationship. Yeah,
1: yeah, it's so nice to have to be a part of. The, otherwise, you're just like stuck in. Hell. I mean, no, I don't. I think so many people. Would never be caught dead in the costumes that I wear on that show because they're like deeply unflattering. <laughs> they're like, I, they're like insane. They're, they I look like a California raisin. I look like like that that one I'm wearing at the end of season one, beginning of season two is just. It's like it's bonkers. Anyway, it's amazing. But I love them, and I and I so prefer. I so prefer doing like just like extreme yes. looks. I, I like it's so much more. It's. I would rather die than like play a character who's just like wearing jeans and like a hoodie. You know, it's, like, so much more fun to have a look. Anyway, but when we first talked about it, I was, like, I feel like Elliot is everything I'm too scared to buy at opening ceremony. (laughs) Like, the stuff at opening ceremony that's, like, so just, like, a shape (laughs) and, like, and so severe and kind of cold. Severe. There's something cold about the boldness of it. It's not, like, warm bold. It's aggressive. It's, like, aggressive and, like, I don't know. It's, like, there's something really dark about
0: it. It's very dark and it's very, like, I can wear this. And yeah. you
1: can't. Yes, exactly.
0: Get into it. Yeah,
1: it's not like uh, some people who wear bold outfits. Like I would incur, I would say what you're wearing right now. It's what pretty bold. Is, it's pretty incredible. Is this real? <laughs> Thank you.
0: Absolutely. Not.
1: No, sorry. The second I touched it, <laughs> I knew, but I, it was too late. I, I have like um,
0: a fur looks... stripe traveling from the nape of my neck yes. down my arms to my wrist.
1: It's gorgeous. A faux fur stripe, but I would say that this boldness is like it, you walking down the street and that is like literally, it's like, of the West, your love. <laughs> it's like, it's literally encouraging others She's to like express yourself. Out. You know, it's <laughs> like, but I, I think Elliot's is weirdly the opposite. It's like kind of oppressive. It's very depressed. De- very Depeche mode. His stylish, his style.
0: His style yeah, is totally. very Depeche mode. It's like, you know, what is their song? Something the Silence. Like, it's very, it's just very 90s yeah, grunge. Yeah. Like, I'm just upset. Yeah. Um, rest in peace, by the way, to Dolores O'Riordan. I know. It's so the awful. Cranberries. And like,
1: out of nowhere. Yeah. I mean, have they said anything? I don't, I, don't, I still I don't. think they don't know.
0: What I do know. <laughs> Is that they had hits and you? They really did. You know these joints and you know, even though you say you have a small window of music, I feel like
1: I de- I mean, that was everywhere. Those they're like four right, like hits. your
0: whole, your whole Britney moments. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm from Orlando, so oh, God, I hold Britney dear. <sighs>
1: wow, yeah, Mir- totally. Mir- Me too. Mir- Me too. I feel like she's doing so well. She is. She just seems like stable. <laughs> Like her Instagram, she just seems to be having fun. She's- and like, thank God. Just you know, man. she's just like having a good time, like wearing small dresses and like she's like enjoying her kids. It's like right. they're just the darkness has like left. Yeah. I think. And
0: I and I'm happy because like as a child actor myself. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I'm just like, oh, another one got it back.
1: Yeah, true. You know, it's like seeing
0: Amanda Bynes come back around and you're like, Oh is she coming yeah, she got it back. She came back. Really? Yeah. Thank yeah, God. Yeah, That's yeah, really yeah. good news. And in se- season two of Search Party, you lose your shit. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. And I, <laughs> do
0: I come back? I was going to say, do you feel like you came back?
1: I'm forgetting you, the end.
0: Well, you basically oh. went to rehab for 2.2 seconds. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah. then in the end, I feel like it wasn't more so that you got it back. You just It's kind of like when you sober up because somebody else got more drunk than you.
1: Yes, totally. And just by
0: nature of their drunkness, you're like, if I don't sober up, we'll both die.
1: Yeah, 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 totally. I feel
0: like that's what happened at season end of season 2.
1: Yeah, well they're all in such a horrible position that it's just like not going to be helpful for him to continue unraveling. They actually do. Like I don't think he would ever he's not trying to make a, some sort of choice for the group. Like I, I just think I Never. just think it's like they're so screwed that he's just like I have to just get it together. I also think he just did not like the introspectiveness of rehab. <laughs> and so he's just getting the hell out of there, right? And but he's but he's rebranding it as like I actually worked mm. and it was amazing. And I learned things about myself, but really he's just like help and like I don't want to be in therapy. I don't like it. Yeah, <laughs>
0: like I thought I was in a dark place and then it got darker. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, exactly. So he's just like again lying and you know, yeah. But but I do I do think he does have his own kind of like wisdom and kind of He does. He's cool. Like he's- And
0: we let him have the front seat. Come on. Every <laughs> yeah, time like- I see John Early I say this to him. That is my favorite moment in television of <laughs> 2017. What I need an you honor. to understand. And what I watch an every honor. episode of This Is Us, but that was my favorite literally th- oh my God, I can't explain it to y'all. You just have to watch episode
1: two, season two.
0: Is it season two? Yeah. Episode two, season two. Yeah. They're going through the border. <laughs> And they're trying to figure out how they're going to, like, explain to the border agent why someone in the car doesn't have their passport. And Porsche suggests, well, maybe we'll just say that we got uh, we got a, a, a hitchhiker. Yeah. And we just were giving them a ride. And Elliot says, and we're the <laughs> But the emphaticness yeah. of this, I, you know I made a gif for myself.
1: Can you send it to me? I will. Oh my yeah. god! Thank you so much.
0: This is the t- but this is the things you do when you have other shit to do and you're of like, course. what's something really like not important that I could yeah. spend time doing right now other than Careful, writing? My it's book. important. Yeah, <laughs> 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 it is important, and that's why you're here on people I like.
1: Thank you so much, Amanda. It's it, I'm blushing. I wish the viewers at home could see.
0: <laughs> you really are, though, or maybe it's just the amber lighting. It
1: could be the amber lighting, but I'm also feeling heat in the face due to like just having compliments directed at me. It's but also like
0: kind of hot in here. It's flushed. Mm. But and you know, thank you for having me on your show.
1: Of course, you were so good. I had you a blast. You were so so good. Thanks. That was and a crazy crazy show. It was, it was like a good time. Yeah, it was a good time.
0: It was a good time.
1: Thank you for doing it.
0: That, that one time. time- Can we talk a little bit about being a type A personality?
1: Yes. (laughs) Yeah. But it has since died a little bit. Like, I think, I don't know how you feel about this, but like, I feel like my type A-ness was actually a result of trying to get people to see me and understand me. It was like, I did so, I worked so hard in high school and beyond to like, and when I was like first doing comedy to like get up on stage and like, and like make, make things and, and write stuff and, you know, and there's of course still that in me cause it's like become like a habit in some ways. But now that I am like, now that like I have more of an audience and, and you know, and, and I got, I have jobs and I'm able to like be in a place of yeah. creative control. I'm actually a little calmer. And now like, I'm like, Oh, am I a lazy motherfucker? Like, I'm like, oops. I'm like, was <laughs> I, I, I always thought the type A was like inherent. Yeah. But now I'm like, I'm actually a slob. <laughs>
0: It's weird. I feel what you're saying because the type anus has now just been filtered to like very specific corners yeah. of my life. And then the other parts of my life, it's just non-existent. Yeah, yeah. I actually am a slob. Yes. Um, In my, like my room, just if people watch, if people could see what my room looks like right now, like they would not listen to the show Yeah. because they'd be like, you're not a together person. We don't believe you. We don't trust you. Yeah. But the type anus, I feel like has gotten a little bit more honed in like what I'm doing In my work, because of like, it's more so not a habit anymore. It's like, it's like a skill Mm -hmm. that I feel like I have to have in order to get this shit done.
1: Yeah. We're doing
0: a lot. Yeah. Like you're writing the show. Yeah. You still do your stand up show. Yeah. You still do stand up in other shows. Mm -hmm. Then while you're waiting, I mean, even just waiting for a show to get picked up is a certain skill.
1: Yeah. Yeah. yeah, Totally. (laughs) It's a certain task. It's a tricky emotional skill. Yes. Like you
0: have to really negotiate that and that's a financial skill too. Mm
1: <laughs> Learning how to budget.
0: Learning how to budget. Yeah yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah. And
1: I'm not good at that. No. No. <laughs> no.
0: <laughs> I won't lie. I walked into Gucci today, like, what do you got? Yeah, and yeah. I had to leave. I was like, yeah. Amanda, you can't keep it. to yeah. When Gucci, I was in I'd high school, I had a teacher. I had a teacher who decided she was going to try and end my type A personality, like, with one fell swoop. Like, yeah. she was like, she gave me a B on something that I had done flawlessly.
1: Yeah. Oh and i was God. like what was it
0: <laughs> it was literally like note cards for an essay yeah and i had properly done the mla format yeah of the Which uh, is hard yes and this is before google y'all so i properly done yeah. rebecca is laughing so hard i probably done the mla format of like how you record everything for right, work from
1: handbook not from google yes yeah
0: and when i turned it in she was like I'm going to give you a B on this. And I, I I'm not, I'm not, not, no. Yeah. And Miss Daly was like, um, well, you know, Amanda, I feel like you're going down a road. Mm-hmm. Um, you're going down a road of perfection, mm-hmm. being a perfectionist. And I've seen girls go to college and kill themselves.
1: Oh my God. Oh my God that is so funny
0: and we're like standing in the library and yeah. she, like, like, i want you to know also like i'm in them- line there's like people behind us this isn't a private conversation she's yeah, yeah. like i've seen girls go to college and kill themselves oh my over not getting an a and i don't want you to do that and i'd I rather you like- <laughs> kill
1: yourself now
0: <laughs> right yeah. and i was like um i don't I don't think that that's a precaution that we need to take with yeah. this assignment. Yeah. This here assignment right here, and she was like, "Well, I think it's never too late to start getting it in check." Oh. <laughs> and I was so livid, yeah, and she yeah. would not budge. She yeah. would not budge. She gave me a B for this freaking assignment. I'm still upset about it. Yeah. Um, and what was annoying is that. She, her her whole plan mm-hmm. just triggered my type anus.
1: Of course. Even of course.
0: more. Because it was like, bitch, I'm going to show you I'm yes, not crazy yes, just by showing you how I'm pointing, how naturally, organically <laughs> still I am in my peacefulness that I'm going to take ownership with all the effort right now. I mean, it was literally as if I became like my type anus. When I was in freshman year of college, we were doing yoga mm-hmm. and we had to do yoga every morning. Mm-hmm. And I got to be in
1: yoga. In
0: yoga.
1: <laughs> that is fucked up.
0: Because he said you don't know how to get centered, and I was like,
1: "Okay." Well, I... By the way, that is a horrible yoga teacher. <laughs> like... You can't get centered. You're also not centered. Um, it's like
0: he also what are would you always have about? his ball. Like, yeah. his left scrotum was always, like, peeking out of short Ooh, shorts.
1: yeah.
0: Yes. And then one of my classmates, Zoe, like, wrote an anonymous note, like, hey, tuck your balls in. And he, like, somehow determined that it was her. But he took to us as a full class and was like, I just want to address the class that I don't appreciate the note that was placed in my box about my scrotum. No, no. <laughs> we were all like, child pose! Oh. Child pose! <laughs> like, but... They always like made it like my type anus was like a bad thing, right, right. and I feel like I wish I had professors and teachers who would kind of like use it like to show me like yeah. how to use it to my advantage. I eventually came to learn th- learn about that through therapy.
1: Yeah, totally. But
0: in those cases, like he literally told me he was like, Amanda, uh, what do you think about when you're in child pose? And I was like, I don't know, I'm like writing poems in my head, and yeah. he was like, that's wrong. <sighs> <laughs>
1: That is hilarious That there's any wrong and right Absolutely and like, That's so funny And
0: then he told me That my warrior poses Were too good And I said What do you mean Yeah yeah And he said Because you're applying Your gymnastics training And that's not really What we're doing here Yeah And I was just like Like it? this This ruined yoga for me Yeah Forever Wow I tried yoga two years ago And do it. That was the first time I, I came back to, yeah. <laughs> back to the mat
1: Back to the mat That's your new podcast Back to the mat <laughs> Um,
0: shout out to Jessamine Stanley. That's what we're gonna do. We're gonna do a podcast called Back to the Mat about my journey.
1: Well, that is like like to like I went to acting school and, and my whole experience of that was like lots of just like, Hey John, you're um you tend to hide behind the masks, the the you know, your jokes. You know, I was like, Yeah, I'm a funny person. Like that's, that's my literal dream. It's like it's like that's so part of my identity. Like and like also just that that always just drove me crazy because I was like that to me is such a basic kind of understanding of what humor is, that it's purely protective, that it's not like an actual gift, gift to the world. And it's like, not like something that is, even if it's silly, doesn't mean it's not personal. Doesn't mean it's not vulnerable. Like yeah. that, that always drove me nuts. And I, and I, and I, th- I feel like it's just bad teaching. It's bad. It's just like, it's bad therapy. It's like, yes. If, if your therapist does say that, but like, and yours doesn't, it sounds like mine doesn't no. either. My, mom, like, and and my, th- <laughs> Okay. I'm here for you. I feel like I almost just said my mom in talking about my therapist. I was like, my mom <laughs> Like, let's roll the tape back. I and mean, then that is hell. I was I, <laughs> My mom my ma- Have have you ever called your therapist mom? I've never done it. I've you did just now. Just now. But I can, and but it's But what I record. do
0: do is call weddings, funerals on accident.
1: Whoa. On a regular basis. Yeah, I'm so excited for your funeral. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and I'll say, I'll get that far. <laughs> yeah, that yeah. I'll say the whole word. Like, at least you caught my. Right. I'll be like, yeah. I have to go to this funeral.
1: Nope. It's <laughs> Can I bring a plus one to your funeral? <laughs> it's that is, so, is there an open bar at your funeral? Well, I think that you so have funny.
0: managed to use your type anus to get, like, once you get to this point, I think there is some relief.
1: Yes, totally. Yeah, my type anus always felt about, feel, it always felt like I was misunderstood or something. Like, I, yeah, it was always like, it was, it came from a need to like uh, feeling just like misunderstood by my like community and my peers and, you know.
0: And then you feel like you found that now and it's not the same.
1: Yeah, like, that's what comedy Isn't gave me. Isn't that crazy? Me too. It yes. Comedy just like gave me it.
0: Wasn't it like finding your tribe? Yeah.
1: It really was. I mean, it literally was. Like just the, pe- the people and the. You know.
0: I feel like so many comedians are type A. Yeah. And it's not by happenstance because we're in a field where you like do have to be so kind of like
1: self-motivated
0: self-motivated meticulous yeah like your 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 awareness you have to be so hyper aware of everything to like find the funny in everything yeah and I feel like that is such like a a type A personality trait and I found that when I got to when I got to comedy to particularly Mm stand-ups it was like oh, I'm not a misanthrope
1: yeah yeah totally
0: I don't hate people I'm not mean but it was just like I realized like I'm not mean I'm just a comic
1: yeah 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 (laughs) totally like,
0: I'm over here and this all makes sense now thanks
1: yeah Hi. yeah
0: well your character on search party i feel like has like a type anus but it's almost like the type anus is related to not doing anything
1: it's totally it's like mask that he does nothing it's he weird. like does he yeah he like he does everything everything so that people won't see that he's kind of like empty and like and very insecure and like you know
0: yeah yeah and i love it
1: I know. I, lo- I do love Elliot. I really have, like, that cheesy actor thing, which, like, I never thought I would have, which is, like, which I'm sure you can relate to, too. I'm curious about your experience. It's like, do you now feel, like, such fondness for your character?
0: <laughs> I really love Tiffany. Yeah. In the beginning, she's I was so like, great. she's so stank, whatever. And now I feel like, you know what? She's the only one telling the truth out all of these hosts.
1: Yes. I love Tiffany. Like I really do love her.
0: She and I have gotten tighter. Yeah. Um, Especially last season when she talked about like, so y'all just don't give head. Like, what are you talking about? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, this is crazy because I'm yeah. very much down for that. Yeah. And I just feel like she does speak to my type because she's very particular. Like yeah. when Molly sits down and she's like, Molly, I did not create my own font so mm-hmm. that you could sit where you
1: wanted. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
0: Like that's the type of stuff that like- she owns
1: her type yes. in such a cool way. Like yes. she's very, she's not, she doesn't apologize for her type And
0: I think in the writing, like they attempt to kind of like make she's such she's so different than the rest of the characters in that yeah but yet she i love that they allow her to be like i'm not signing up for your bullshit yeah
1: yeah yeah totally (laughs) oh it's so it's so liberating i feel like elliot too is like very blunt and Mm. he's like very even though he's lying a lot to his friends he is very like he has no problem telling the truth to them you know i love it and like that has been that is not how i am as a person so it's very very liberating to to play him
0: do you find that it has increased your ability to be that as a person in your regular life yeah
1: like again it's like (gasps) so Mm. cheese, but like i it it actually has like affected me
0: (laughs) i love it it's just like
1: practice it's like when you're shooting you're like if you're like you're in a character for so long you're literally just like adopting mannerisms of someone who doesn't give a fuck and you're doing it over and over and over again and it does kind of like
0: yeah, you take it on.
1: You do take it on. It's cool.
0: I'm tired of. I I can't dig anymore. <laughs> I'm absolutely able to dig from this point forward. We're back. <laughs> like, please watch Search
1: Party. Bless you.
0: Please get into the whole world of John Early. Um, such a fan.
1: Thank you so much.
0: So glad to see your success, You're and an so angel. glad to see you like getting a chance to like relax. Oh my god, thank you. <laughs> and be in Type B. Yes,
1: um, finally.
0: And I just can't wait to see more. I I really feel like if Search Party is not picked up, it's because there was, there's an apocalypse.
1: <laughs> thank you so much. I, um, I hope that if we don't get picked up, there is in fact an apocalypse so that <laughs> I can feel fine. Yeah, about it exactly.
0: You're cause you're distracted. Yeah. Well, thank you as always. Um, thank you so, for so much for having you. me. And, you know, just another person to add to the people I like roster. What an honor. And, um, you know, I appreciate you sharing this with sharing that one time with us. Um, and just, yeah, you know you—you're you're our first white guest.
1: No, what an honor <laughs> to be the first white anything, really. You know,
0: you're our first white guy guest.
1: Yeah, yeah, you you're our first. White you girl. said to
0: be the first white anything.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you know, we really haven't done much, and it's we haven't been awarded. You know,
0: no. And so to get the opportunity.
1: To finally be the first. Finally. Finally.
0: Oh, my God. You know, I appreciate that you were stuck to it, you stuck with it, and your diligence is paying off. And that, that's what it means to be a type A and turning it into type A type A white type person. Awesome.
1: <laughs> Thank you.
0: The last dose. Well, that's it right there for... This episode of Small Doses talking about type A personalities, I hope y'all got a little clearer on this journey. You know, I think that we talked about all types of different ways of dealing with type A, whether it's you as a type A personality or dealing with someone with a type A personality. But when it boils down to it, it's all about just having compassion, right? Compassion for each other, compassion for ourselves. Type A personalities are the people that make the world go around, y'all. We're the ones who are up at night, late. Thinking about how to make things better. Thinking about how to be better. So try to bear with us in our stankness. Know that it's not coming from a place of thinking that we're better than you. But it's coming from a place of wanting to be better than we could ever be as ourselves. I'm Amanda Seals. This has been another episode of Small Doses, Potent Truths for Everyday Use. P.S. The Rapper was Lupe Fiasco.
1: Bye!